Support for today's episode comes from Manscaped. Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Father's Day is right around the corner, and hey, you know what? I don't know your relationship with you and your dad. Maybe you want to get him a Manscaped. Maybe he's trying to get that beach bod ready, and you're saying, hey, you got to use this, you know, get that chest hair tamed. I don't know what it's like, but hey, maybe Manscaped is the perfect gift for your dad, or maybe you just want to get it for yourself. Maybe you're a dad and you want to get yourself a Father's Day gift. Well, Manscaped is the right, uh, right product for you. And heck, if you maybe want to be a father in the future, you might need Manscaped uh, to get yourself in the right position to be able to do that, if you know what I'm saying. Anyways, 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code DNVR20. That's DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase from Manscaped the perfect package 3.0, all the great products they have to offer. Definitely check it out and definitely use that code DNVR20. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from mile high, the best part of the weekend. Hugging the perfect stranger as they become a friend. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. Great stuff going on down at MSU Denver. Rigorous, affordable programs to get you the degree that you've been putting off all this time. No better time than now to get in on the education over at MSU Denver. And make sure you go to msudenver.edu slash online to see everything they have to offer. Maybe there's a program for you. Heck, maybe you have your degree and you just want to get back and learn something new. Well, msudenver.edu slash online is the place to go. My boy, RK, what's up? Or should I be calling you R. Karen? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I welcomed that. If, if you see the whole train there, I was purposely being a Karen. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I got what I wanted, which was us to advance in the Madden League. But then <laughs> my opponent went to sleep, and I didn't get to play them. Now I have to wait all the way till Sunday until I play. Oh, that's brutal. That's like being told you're getting a Christmas gift on Christmas Eve morning. And then for some reason, you have to wait till Christmas night. That's brutal. I'm feeling for you. Yeah, it's even worse than that. It's like having to wait until like New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh man, did you did you at least play the computer to get get it out of your system? Yeah, I stopped playing the computer entirely. I've sworn off playing the computer um, wow. because I think it makes you develop bad habits for when you play real people. So I just played some online games, and then I played some Superstar KO. I don't know if you ever played that. It's actually pretty fun. Is it boxing? <laughs> no, it's oh. a mode on Madden. Oh, <laughs> where you at the beginning, you get to pick three superstars on your team out of like a little pool that they create. Um, and then you play someone else who has three superstars. And if you beat them, you can add another superstar or you can even steal one of theirs. And then you play someone with four and five and six. I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really fun. Is that so, uh, do you start with a normal team? You just have like a random team of guys and then you add uh three superstars off the top 
So who were your superstars? Oh, I played a bunch of rounds, but I, uh, I, the best one I had was, ooh, that's tough. One of the ones I had. Um, You're telling me Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, and Philip Lindsay. No, it was like <laughs> Marcus Allen, Randall Cunningham, Lawrence Taylor. Okay, okay, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I was I, I was balling there for a little while. But anyways, um, to everyone in the Madden League, come on, we got to get these games played. What are, we doing? what are we doing going all the way up till 10 p.m. on the day of advance, which advances at 10 p.m.? Like, let's get these things played, you know? I'm trying to win a Super Bowl here. It sounds like uh, you may be the one delaying us this week, though. It might end up being that way, even though I tried to play in the first minute that we could. <laughs> Some people, they got to get to bed early, RK. Yeah, I mean, in my guy Jarrell's defense, um, he was on the East Coast, so it was midnight his time, mm. and he had to work at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I guess that's understandable, right? Yeah, he's excused. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's Friday. Doesn't necessarily feel like Friday to me, but it is Friday. And yesterday, our guy world of suck had a question that you said could be a first topic question. And, and on Wednesday I had said, I'd love to talk more about the defense and how good they could be. And I think these things line up well because world of sucks question was going position by position. How does this year's defense stack up against the Super Bowl 50 defense? And what are some odds on how likely we are to wind up as the number one defense in the league? So uh, I don't know if this is going to turn out as well as uh as people might be hoping for but let's do it anyway uh and just see maybe where where this defense is where they need to get to be able to be on that super bowl 50 defense level well and ryan kind of playing off what you're saying it may not turn out as well as people want mace quickly ran through because he wanted to give his opinions on this yesterday and he had Super Bowl 50's defense winning four of the five position groups. He had defensive line given to Super Bowl 50. Outside linebackers given to Super Bowl 50. Inside linebackers given to Super Bowl 50. Cornerbacks given to Super Bowl 50. And safeties given to this defense right now. And I teased it up by saying, I disagree with Mace. I don't think it's four and one. Maybe I think it's five and oh. Maybe I think it's three and two. Maybe I give the edge to this Broncos defense, but... We'll find out when we go through this. All right. Well, I feel like you kind of buried the lead there, but uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll go. I'll start um, with the defensive line, which I believe is not as good as the Super Bowl 50 defense. Um, you know, there's just no Malik Jackson to go along with Derek Wolf. Like, you have Jarrell Casey, who's better than Derek Wolf, and maybe better than – and probably better than Malik Jackson as well. But who is his sidekick? It's Shelby Harris. I don't think the combination of Shelby and Jarrell is better than the combination of Derek Wolf and uh, Malik Jackson, although that one is pretty darn close. Uh, and then in the middle, you know, you've got Mike Purcell versus Sylvester Williams. I don't really think either of those guys move the needle one direction or the other. I I think there's a you could make a case. This one's the closest one for me in terms of the ones that go to Super Bowl 50s defense. Uh, and, and I also think it's important to rem remember that's one of the best defenses of all time, not just like a good defense that the Broncos had recently. 
Right. Yeah, that, that's very fair. So if it does end up four and one, five and oh, uh, it's not necessarily the worst thing. But Ryan, this is where I disagree with both mm. you and Mace is right at the start. You said there can be a case made for this defense over Super Bowl 50 in terms of this defensive line. And I'll make the case right now. Malik Jackson, there's no question he had a heck of a run in 2015. He, he should have been a pro bowler. There's no doubt about that. And Derek Wolf was Derek Wolf. And that's playing, you know, right under that pro bowl level. Very, very good player. I think Shelby Harris can be that very, very good player and pretty much uh, mirror what Derek Wolf did in that 2015 season. I think Shelby Harris is capable of doing that. Now, I, th I think he could play a little bit under that as well, but I think he's capable of being the Derek Wolf to the Malik Jackson. And I think that Jarrell Casey's just a better player than Malik Jackson, just straight up. So I, I think there's too. an upgrade there. And I think with Derek Wolf, I think Shelby Harris maybe is a tad bit below him, but I think the upgrade from Jarrell Casey to Malik Jackson is just that much uh, bigger. So I think between those four guys, I got to give it to this squad right here. The Broncos haven't had a superstar on the defensive line in a long time. And I'm talking true defensive line. They haven't had that. Jarrell Casey is that. And then I agree with you, Mike Purcell and Sylvester Williams. Ah, it, it's pretty much a push there. So that doesn't move the needle. So while it is close, the Broncos have a superstar now on the defensive line. And that pushes the needle for me. I, I mean, I like your case and I think it's sound. Um, the thing is just that Derek and, and Malik were both playing at the peak of their career that season. You know, they were, they had their best season of, uh, that I've seen. I don't know if the numbers quite added up for Derek. I think funny enough, even last season was Derek's best season. Yeah. Um, but you know, just the way that they were disrupting offenses game in game out. I think that's just why I give them the nod, but I, I understand your case, uh, you know, in terms of position, it's Casey who's replacing Derek Wolf and Harris who's replacing Malik Jackson. Um, but either way, uh, I think you can, you can make that case. I think Jarrell Casey can make that case when the season starts. Right. Jarrell Casey plays at a Pro Bowl level and Shelby Harris gives them five sacks. Well, then I think you're going to be able to, uh, to come back and say that you had that one right. Um, and if that's the case, this could be fun because um, it is a situation where the, the, the trenches really, you know, make everything else happen. So if Jarrell Casey and Shelby Harris are making life miserable for offenses, everyone else's job gets easier, especially these nec this next group, which is outside linebackers. Um, you give the edge here, in my opinion, to Super Bowl 50 because you had Von Miller playing in his prime and, Der uh, and DeMarcus Ware, you know, chipping in uh, with a really solid season. I don't know what to call it. He was very, very good. Um, and and he then just, you had, he got better in the playoffs too. Right, right. He stepped it up. Uh, and then you have, of course, Shane Ray, best season of his career, and uh, Shaq Barrett, you know, just – cleaning up what these other guys are doing and we're talking about a guy who was a defensive player of the year candidate last year who was just like doing mop-up duty when these guys were too tired so that one I think definitely goes to Super Bowl 50 but I mentioned that this this 
what you said about the defensive line can really change things because if those two, Jarrell Casey and Shelby Harris, are just wrecking balls for offensive lines and then you have Vaughn and Chubb coming off the edge, well, now Vaughn and Chubb have a chance from a production standpoint to, I think, outperform what Vaughn and DeMarcus did in the regular season during 2015. So, man, if you're right on that defensive line and those guys really ball out, that starts unlocking the rest of this defense. Yeah, you're 100% right there. And, Ryan, you, you mentioned it. Vaughn was playing at the peak of his career, and he's a Hall of Famer. So he was playing at the peak in the playoffs. Another Hall of Famer on the other side, DeMarcus Ware, was playing at his peak as well. So you have two Hall of Famers playing at their peak. Uh, it, game over, argument over, and it's not a sh- it's not bashing what the Broncos have in the number two overall pick, Von Miller, and the number five overall pick, Bradley Chubb, this year. But to be fair, uh, more than half of his career, we haven't seen it from Bradley Chubb. We've, he had an excellent eight-game stretch where he had 12 sacks his rookie season. Then he finished the season with, with four games, zero sacks. And last year, four games, one sack. So in the past eight games of seeing Bradley Chubb, we've seen him have one sack, and that doesn't push the needle over beating two Hall of Fame players at the prime of their career. So I'm not putting down Bradley Chubb or Von Miller this year at all, but just what they had with the starters. And then you mentioned the backups. You had Shaq Barrett and Shane Ray playing good ball as well that one is going to be hard to beat um with Malik Reed and Jeremiah Atachu and I think that they could be solid backups for the Broncos but for the regular season I agree with you Ryan there's a chance Bradley Chubb if he um if those two combine for 25 plus sacks I believe it'll be better than what what uh DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller had so it's exciting that what what Bradley Chubb and Von Miller can be. And look, John Elway said that was our formula. We had two guys absolutely destroying offensive lines in the playoffs. We need that again. That's why he used a top five pick on Bradley Chubb, even though he had Shane Ray on the team, even though he had Shaq Barrett on the team. Uh, It's because he said, I want two Hall of Fame pass rushers again. So um, this one can be close, but right now, I can't say anyone's going to be better than two Hall of Fame players playing in their prime. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it's funny. Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett probably could have started for, what, 20 teams as their starting starting duo that year. Just crazy. Yep. Okay, uh, let's move on to inside linebackers. Um, This one's kind of weird just because we don't know what this season's inside linebackers are going to look like. Um, I personally don't. I mean, tell me, is it is it just A.J. Johnson and, and Todd Davis, and, you know, that's pretty much it? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, because I there's so many little dark horse candidates here in terms of Justin Hollins. You know, where does he factor into this mix? I think the um, – I, I don't know. Is he going to be an outside linebacker? Is he going to be an inside linebacker? Who knows? Uh, and then, of course, Justin Sternod uh is another candidate to play here and and well sure let's let's factor them all in okay and it's easy to to put this guy's career to bed at this point but he was you know you never know when a guy's going to turn the corner which is just just uh Josie Jewell and so I think you just you start with Todd Davis and, and Alexander Johnson and you match them up with Todd Davis 
and Brandon Marshall. You know, I said that all of these were going to go the other way. I think that this year's version of, uh, of Alexander Johnson is the best linebacker of any of those. Of uh, Brandon Marshall, Danny Trevathan, Todd Davis. Oh, right. I, I was, I was, I forgot about Danny T. Uh, my bad. Okay. So yeah, that, that goes to them because of Danny T to 2015 right. because of Danny T. Right. Um, Todd Davis was on that team, but he wasn't the starter. Right. But I know what you're saying about Alexander Johnson. We haven't seen his ceiling or really his floor yet. We don't know where he's going to come about. Ryan, he has all the physical skills. And from what everything Vic Fangio has told us, it seems like he has the mental skills to take his game to be one of the best middle linebackers in the entire game. We saw it on the field last year in spurts, and it seemed like he had the consistency to go with that. So of these guys, I think Alexander Johnson has the highest ceiling of all of them. And for me, it all depends on where he ends up in that spectrum this year. If he's towards the top, Todd Davis obviously isn't moving, moving the needle here. And in fact, Todd is probably, maybe he's tied with Brandon Marshall here uh, with of course, Danny Trevathan being above both of those guys. Uh, But Brandon Marshall, that was also his best year as a Bronco as well. So you can't really discount him there. And Todd Davis, he flies under the radar. He's actually, he was a very solid player for the Broncos last year. Um, So if Alexander Johnson turns out to be what a top five, inside linebacker for the Broncos this year you may actually crazy enough be giving it to these guys but right now not exactly knowing where he's going to fall I go with Danny Trevathan and Brandon Marshall yeah yeah I mean if we had Hank on this podcast he'd probably be saying that uh, that Alexander Johnson is our, is ready to be that guy um, I believe it it's just I gotta see it and, and the problem is that you just really don't have any coverage between those two guys Though I will say Alexander Johnson's length really helped him in coverage last year. Uh, it, it helped him make up for a lot of mistakes in terms of his positioning because he's just so big. I mean, I, I've said it once, but I cannot stress how large Alexander Johnson is. Like, he in no way, shape, or form looks like he should be playing middle linebacker. Especially yep. when you see him stand next to even Todd Davis, who is yoked. Mm-hmm. You put Alexander Johnson next to him, and you're like, oh, that guy's a, you know, a defensive end. Yeah. Right? He looks like Jadavian Clowney or something. Yeah. He looks, he's, he looks bigger than Von Miller, and he's playing a Maybe. position where he's supposed to be smaller. Yeah. So he's kind of a freak of nature in that regard. Uh, and because of that, you know, he's so long that he can make up for some of um, maybe what he lacks in foot speed and coverage. Anyways. I think you have to do – you do have to give that to 2015. Um, but you never know what could happen with Alexander Johnson this year. I mean, Hank is convinced he's a star. So, we'll see. Uh, we'll move on to the corners. And this one's a quick discussion. It's not even close. Thanks for playing. That one goes to 2015. Yeah, this one's probably the biggest gap uh, there. Come on. You, you got two ring of famers, potentially two – Hall of Fame players playing there. Yeah, easy. You go with Chris and Akib. And, I mean, Bradley Roby, too. Yeah, exactly. Ro- I mean, yeah. Roby, three starting cornerbacks, the NFL caliber, two of them future Ring of Famers, one of them a, a for sure future Hall of Famer in my mind, and Akib Tlaib. Um, so that, that's an easy discussion. But 
that's not to uh, put down these guys. A healthy Bryce Callahan, A.J. Boye, uh, and whatever whoever else steps up. You know, maybe it's our guy, Michael Ojemudia. Maybe it's uh, our other guy, the Boz. Devontae Bosby, you know, you can go down the list. They just need one more guy to contribute and contribute well. And you have a very competent MLB – or, sorry, NFL – there's a there's an MLB thing on the screen. <laughs> you got the uh, uh, contract negotiations on your mind, don't you? Yeah, yeah well, it's in the background <laughs> right now. Uh, NFL cornerback uh, group, so you know those guys could be very good, but it, no, almost no one can compete with uh, what they had there in 2015. With what they had in 2015, it reminds me of what Chad Johnson said about the Broncos receivers and KJ Judy and Cortland saying. They have three number one receivers. He's never seen that before. Well, we, we kind of found out Bradley Roby may not be like a true number one cornerback, um, but last year he proved that he can be a, at least a number two cornerback. There the Broncos were very close to having three number one cornerbacks. And the role Bradley Roby was playing, um, he was playing up to being like uh, living up to, to all of his potential there. So it was pretty insane that the Broncos had pretty much three the value and the play of three first-round cornerbacks. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, at least the fact that you had, uh, you know, Bradley Roby was for sure the best third corner in the league that year, which is really all you needed him to be. You didn't need him to be a number one caliber corner. And that leaves us with one more position group here. And I actually think this one's a pretty easy answer uh, for the current team. I think that Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson – are a better group than Darian Stewart and TJ Ward. Now, I don't want to discount what Darian Stewart and TJ Ward did, but I think in this, you know, in the same way that Brandon Marshall looked a lot worse when he wasn't a part of that defense, I think that can sort of be applied to that group of, of Darian Stewart and TJ Ward. They were made look really, really elite by the players around them, and that's not to say they aren't very good, but I don't think they were elite. They were made to look elite by the fact that they had an elite pass rush, an elite, uh, you know, corners. All these great, great players around them made them look better than they really were, even though they still were really good. This group of Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, I think that it's the other way around. They're the group that's going to make everyone else around them look better. Uh, they're going to help all over the field and uh, make the corners' jobs easier, even make the linebackers' jobs easier. So I give the nod to uh, the current guys. I think they are the elite group on this defense rather than being booned by the elite players around them. I'm taking the best safety duo in the league right now, and that's Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. And that says a lot because uh, Darian Stewart and TJ Ward were members of the no-fly zone. It wasn't just the cornerbacks. They were members of the no-fly zone, and they were really good. They fit really well in that system. But like you said, Ryan, I think they were the beneficiaries uh, of that group they received more than they gave to that group and that's why I'm going with the best safety duo in the league right now with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson look you have a pro bowler and an all pro in there that that'll do um, and th those two guys not only are they good individual players it feels like when they're together they actually play even better so I'm taking the current group so Ryan that puts me at the current Broncos losing two to three to the Super Bowl champs uh, in 2015, one of the best defenses of all time. But Ryan, pretty much every position 
that I said this current group loses to and that you did it as you did as well, even though you had them at, at four and one, was very close. All of these were, were pretty darn close. And many of them, we said, if one player plays um, up to his potential or close to his potential, then maybe we're flipping. And if I just were to flip on one position group, then that, that, those five positions, the majority of them would be to this group, which is just crazy to say. It's crazy to think about that way. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, like, like you mentioned, just one guy comes out and, like, you know, what if Justin Sernod has a breakout rookie season and you add him to Alexander Johnson hitting his potential? Well, now maybe you can jump that group up in uh, up above 2015 what if Bradley Chubb becomes the NFL superstar that he's supposed to become you know as a number five overall draft pick um then maybe they get vaulted so there is uh opportunity here obviously you can't have regression uh from guys like maybe Von Miller or even Shelby Harris you know you you got to have everyone moving forward but there's a lot of opportunity here Zach there really there really is what if Draymond Jones steps in and becomes the player that we saw him be in week 16 last year when he was the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. What if he jumps Shelby Harris because he's that good and Jarrell Casey's still playing at his level? What if you have two pro bowlers on the defensive line? What does that then do for Von Miller and Bradley Chubb? And then the combination of those four guys, what does that do for Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons? And then what does that do for Bryce Callahan and um, uh, and AJ Boye, it's it's incredible just how if one guy emerges, it doesn't just help him or his position group. It can it can catapult the entire defense. Now you could probably say the same thing going the other way. What if Von Miller? And I'm touching wood. What if Von Miller has single sacks a single sack season again? And what if Bradley Chubb and Von Miller combine for less than 15 sacks? Well then you're probably not getting a dominant Jarrell Casey because teams will be able to focus on him a little more. And then if there's no pass rush, oh my gosh, we could be very worried about that third cornerback position. And those linebackers could be very exposed in the passing game. Uh, and then there's a lot more strain on Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. So yeah, it can go either way. But the fact, Ryan, that we're even able to have a conversation about can this defense stack up to one of the best that just won a Super Bowl for the Broncos? That's, that's exciting. And it's not – some people may be rolling their eyes at this conversation, but I think we broke it down in a way where it's not just crazy to say. Uh, that they're, they're very close. And also, Ryan, this is the number one paid defense in the league. You hired Vic Fangio not to be a head coach, not to look over the offense and look over the defense. You hired him to focus on the defense and keep them elite. And now you hired an experienced offensive mind so that Vic can pretty much say, all right, Pat, you got the offense. I got the defense. If there's anything that we need to decide on, I'll be the one to decide that because I am the head coach. There's so many resources to the defense right now that they should be not a top 10 defense, not a top five defense, especially in year two under Vic, they should be a top three defense. Yeah. And, and you know, the, putting odds on them being the best defense is kind of tough. Just we aren't experts on the other teams around the league. And uh, I would have to, you know, put in more research and how the different defenses that are good around the league have improved. But I think the expectation should be top five, at least. Uh, and once you're in that top five, you have a chance to be the best. Um, 
one thing that we didn't mention, the coordinators of this defense, Wade Phillips versus Vic Fangio. Now, I probably lean Wade in year one. But this is year two. Yeah. And everyone knows that Wade Phillips' defenses regress in year two, and Vic Fangio defenses progress in year two. So I think I go with I, I give Vic the nod on this one. Yeah, I don't think I would ever take Wade Phillips away from that 2015 team. The way he was able oh, yeah. to work with those guys w- was absolutely brilliant. And we saw just the following years how many big personalities there were and how difficult that actually was. But Wade played it perfectly. So for that defense, you go with Wade. But Ryan, just like you said, that was year one of Wade Phillips. Uh, Vic Fangio's defenses take a big step in year two. And then they're truly elite in year three. But why I think it's okay to expect elite in year two from this Broncos defense is uh, Vic Fangio hasn't had this type of talent in year two on any defense he's had. So I think you can expect that. And you're getting Bryce Callahan back. You were really relying on him last year. You didn't get him. You're, You're going to get him back this year. Touch him wood. At least that's the way it looks like. And Bradley Chubb the number five overall pick. I think if you would have asked the Broncos defensive coaches last year before Bradley got hurt, before the beginning of the season, to say who is the best player on defense, I think they would have told you Bradley Chubb. So in their mind, they lost the best defensive player last year. Now you get him back as well. Um, you can expect for elite. And putting odds on the, 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 number, the chances that they have to be the number one defense, yesterday May said 12 to one. And I think... I think that's criminal. I think that's that's way too low. Ryan, we both said that they they should be in the top five. I'm saying top. They should be in the top three. But for this, I'll say it should be in the top five. So I'm going to go. If there's five teams in there, they each get twenty uh, percent odds. So I'm going to say the Broncos five to one to be uh, the the best defense in the league. Fair enough. I think that's a fair line. Um, it's. You know, the funny thing about Vic Fangio and the year three thing is, like, his his most recent project, year three, yes, they became elite. Year three is also when they got Khalil Mack. You know, <laughs> like, there's a big um, thing there that if he had Khalil Mack in year two, probably would have been just fine that year as well. Probably would have had the best defense in the league that year as well. So, um, you know, a lot of these names outside of Khalil Mack were guys that, that Vic Fangio built himself. Uh, even a guy like Bryce Callahan is like a Vic Fangio product. So now you have some of those guys. You have like a Shelby Harris who played some of his best football under under Vic Fangio going into his second year. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller, Jarrell Casey. Maybe Jarrell Casey can be that Khalil Mack-esque addition. Now he's not on the caliber of Khalil Mack and he's a little bit older, but just that one addition that just sends things over the top. So just something uh, to keep in mind as we move forward here. All right, five to one odds is is the final answer there. I'm going to ride with you on that. But maybe this thing ends up being a little bit closer than uh, than even we think in terms of 2015 versus this year. And, Brian, we've spent the majority of our time talking about the offense and how exciting they could be. Have, have we talked about how this offense has five to one odds of being the best offense in the league, how they sh- absolutely have to be a top 10 offense, how they should be a top five offense, if not a top three offense? 
No. And, and, and there's still so much excitement surrounding the offense and, and no way putting them down because everything we've said and all the talent and explosion they have is absolutely there. But it's the defense that really is, has the opportunity to be elite. And that's just exciting when you pair it with everything we've said with this offense. Where do you put the offense? We say this defense should be top five. This offense should be should be above average. Okay, so top 15, top 16? Yeah, and and I like them falling maybe just outside the top 10. And maybe that's a little too high. Um, and, and I think if they're average, that would be fine this year. Um, but they, they need to be average, and I could very easily see them being top 10 or borderline top 10. Where do you put them? So I think they, they sh- when we're saying they should be, meaning – this is anything less than this is failure. Um, I put it at 20. Okay. Uh, they should be top 20. Um, but I think they can be anywhere. You know, they can be inside the top 10. Uh, but I'm not going to say it was a, a massive failure if they end up being the 19th best offense in the league this year after, you know, basically being in the cellar for the last four years. Well, and, and for me, why that would be okay um, and I would say, okay, not, not good. If they're in the top half of the league, that would be good. Um, but it would be okay, not just because they've been so bad recently, but because Drew Locke on his second year, uh, really his first year as a starter, you're getting how many new weapons that are brand new? Melvin Gordon, um, Graham Glasgow, not a weapon, but a piece to the team. Dr- uh, Juwan James is back. You have so many new pieces on top of Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Um, and then also new offense and everything that's gone on with this virtual off season. It, it, they, like we talked about, they're in a disadvantage as opposed to teams like uh, Kansas city and even the Raiders, they have that continuity at the head coach, the offense and, and their quarterback where that does benefit them this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, this weekend got something really fun going on down at the DNVR bar. We are going to watch our guy Curtis Blades fight uh, UFC fight night. He's taking on some guy named Volkov. I don't know. He's going to take care of business. That's what we know. And it should be a really fun night down at the DNVR bar. There's still a few spots left. Uh, obviously, we have a mandate, a state-mandated capacity that we can hit. So we're, uh, we're only allowing that many RSVPs. But there are still a few spots left. You can go and you can even, in fact, reserve a table if you have a large group uh, for essentially the cost of what you guys would pay. You know, you're going to you're essentially paying for your entrees and a couple pitchers of Breck Brew in advance, which you're going to do anyway if you have a nice big table of six to eight. So uh, if you if you want to bring a big group, you're welcome to do so uh, and reserve your spot. Otherwise, you can get single tickets for the rest of the bar, and we do still have some left. And, of course, we're going to be pouring back the Breck Brews that night. So uh, make sure you come through, enjoy some Breck Brews down at the DNVR bar, and watch our guy Blades do his thing. And if you go down there, make sure you're on time because our guy Blades is saying he's going to take care of business very quick. So you make sure, want to make sure that you don't miss any of that action by showing up just a couple minutes late. Amen. And when you're there, you could probably talk some Colorado Raptors because of our 
coverage on ddnvr.com. We're covering the Raptors like no one else, guys, and now is really the perfect time not just to learn a new team and get on the bandwagon of the Raptors, but to learn a new sport. If you don't know much about rugby, now is the time with the Colorado Raptors. Our reporter, Colton Strickler, is covering everything you need to know with the Raptors, with rugby. He's teaching us uh, basic 101s through the, the podcast, uh, through articles. He's got some great articles on the history of the Raptors and, and some great games that you should watch in order to learn the sport. So make sure you check him out on thednvr.com under our Raptors coverage. Uh, follow him on Twitter at dnvrraptors. And make sure you're following our guy, Colton Strickler, as well. And make sure to check out the pods, DNVR Raptors, as well. Absolutely. All right, Zach, let's jump into the questions from the listeners here. First one coming in from Yellow Mustard. And, Ryan, this one is for you. He's been saving it all week. RK, I tried to ask you this earlier in the week, but you weren't on the pod. You said in an earlier pod that you would rather have Drew Locke as your quarterback than Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan hasn't proven he could do it at the highest level. You remember that? Oh, yeah. I love this question. After the 12th season in Elway's career, he hadn't proven himself at the highest level yet either. Does that mean you would prefer 2020 Drew Locke over 1995 John Elway? Well, uh, hindsight is 2020 here for me so I can say no right now um <laughs> but back then yeah I probably would have been saying that I mean just being fully honest like I would have been saying John Elway can't get it done uh and the Broncos you know obviously didn't do the best job of putting the right pieces around him but in my opinion it always comes back to the the quarterback the quarterback is responsible for the team's success or failure uh, especially when they are uh, that caliber of quarterback. And so, um, yeah, Matt Ryan could have a championship right now. You know, people like to blame Kyle Shanahan and this, that, and the other thing. It's like just complete some of those passes, and then you uh, have a ring on right now. So, um, yeah, if you're asking me right now, well, I'll say no, I'll take John Elway because I know a couple years later he's going to win two in a row. But back then, yeah, I probably would have been saying, uh, you know, give me the young guy with the unknown rather than the aging guy who's shown that, you know, once he gets to the highest stage, he can't finish the job. Wow. And John had been there three times and hadn't been able to finish the job. So, I mean, you, you would have had plenty of ammo on your side to say that um, because Matt Ryan's only been there once and obviously choked massively. But, yeah, give me Drew Locke over Matt Ryan right now as well. Yeah, easy for me. Uh, Super Bowl one. I wonder if stadiums not having fans would result in fewer mental mistakes from our rookies and young guys. And of course, Garrett Bowles. <laughs> I mean, you, you may have a, a legitimate point, especially yep. with that last one. With the yep. last one, Garrett Bowles, he gets in his head. And there's no question, whenever a flag is thrown and it's holding 72, the fans start booing right away. If fans aren't doing that, because fans don't do that in opposing stadiums, which maybe they should. Maybe they should boo instead of cheer when Garrett Bowles gets a holding penalty uh, in away stadiums because that gets to Garrett. And if there's no fans, yeah, I mean, you may be getting more of a benefit from Garrett Bowles than from rookies. Yeah, and I mean, Drew Locke even, you know, he's only had um, two true road starts. One, he blew him out, you know, took the crowd out of it in the first quarter. So, um it might be beneficial to him as well to not have to deal with hostile environments on the road. Um, 
I'm still uh, on the fence in terms of whether it actually is going to be no fans, especially for the entire season. But I guess that is a silver lining if that's the case. Right, and especially if it's early in the season that there's no fans, you let the offense get get together, you let those young guys uh, get the jitters out, and then maybe by the time there are fans, hopefully midseason or something, that they're not worried about it. Next one's from Count Locula. He says, knock on wood preface, which we say touch wood around here. Um, <laughs> which single player other than Locke and the Broncos least afford to lose for the large for a large chunk of the season? Yeah. I actually will touch wood. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it too. <laughs> uh, which Boy. player can the Broncos least afford to lose? I just, my mind is just bouncing around to so many places right now. Um, and I'll just throw, I'll, I'll just tell you where I'm thinking right now. Juwan James, they couldn't afford to lose him last year and that hurt him a ton. Um, then on the defensive side of the ball, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb can't afford to lose those guys and I've said it this whole offseason the Broncos Vic Fangio can fill a number three cornerback spot with whoever let alone he has five guys to fill one cornerback spot that's fine but if he has to fill two spots then I'm really not feeling good about that so maybe AJ Boye there since he's their their number one cornerback so that's that's a lot of guys which is bad on one hand but it's also good on another because they're not like truly relying on one guy outside of the quarterback so I actually don't think uh I wouldn't put Von Miller or Bradley Chubb in the conversation I think they can sustain um that that position to a point where it's not actively hurting the team okay uh the place where I just don't think they could lose anyone is corner um I think if you take AJ Boye or Bryce Callahan out of the mix I think you're going to be in big trouble at that position um, you're going to basically be begging someone to be good. And and that's a position where, you know, your pass rush, if you're not getting sacks, sometimes it's not necessarily as noticeable as it is when uh, Isaac Yadam is out there getting cooked on every play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can cover up pass rush way more than you can cover up a corner who doesn't belong on the field. So that's the one where I really don't think they can afford to lose uh, to lose anyone, really. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to give you a pushback. The, the only thing that I'll question about uh, you not saying Vaughn or Chubb is I'm just worried that if you lose one of those guys and the same thing is going to happen that happened last year and the guy that stays healthy has single-digit sacks. And if you're not getting – I mean, if you're close to 15 sacks or under 15 sacks for Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, oh, yikes. Then, I mean, every conversation we've had about this defense potentially maybe being even close to the Super Bowl 50 defense goes completely, completely out the window. But for for me to settle on one guy, because because those guys are so similar, I'm not going to choose either. I'm going to go with Juwan James. And – because the guy that replaced him last year was no good. Elijah Wilkinson was not good at right tackle. And now you're saying that he may be the starter on the left side. So now who's your backup? Someone that's even not as good as Juwan James? Ah, that's, that's tough. And uh, I don't think that that's fair to any quarterback, let alone a quarterback who's going to be making his first 16 games uh, full season this season to have to deal with uh, struggles at right tackle and struggles at left tackle. 
Really good one. Really good one. I wasn't thinking along those lines, but that makes a lot of sense. Next one coming in from Sausage Sanga Harry. I may regret voicing my opinion on this from fear of being attacked, but I will say it anyway, as this should be a safe environment to do so. And of course, this is a safe environment. We won't attack you. Politics aside, any player that did or is willing to march in public places with tens of thousands of people shoulder to shoulder, who then goes to say they are not comfortable playing any professional sport due to fear of contracting coronavirus because it's not safe, is a hypocrite. Regardless of the worthiness of the cause, are the inherent risks and consequences not the same? Would the season not be another platform to continue the struggle for social justice, use it to their advantage? This is coming from a peaceful place. Try not to hate Sausage Sangahari. Um, you know, I see what you're saying. I don't know what uh, – you didn't use an example of someone who's doing this. Uh, um, Kareem Jackson is, is what he's pointing to um, because Kareem did say that he's not 100% comfortable with the NFL season right now, and, and he needs to make sure that it's 100% safe uh, before playing. He said that a, a couple of months ago, and – not only was Kareem the one uh, marching in the protest, one of the ones marching in the protest, but of course he, he was the one to organize it. So well, I have I think to imagine without saying a name, that's, what, that's who he's talking about. Well, I have to imagine that Kareem Jackson would say that uh, social justice is a hell of a lot more important than football. Right. And, and that's, that's what the big Tabowski comments and says, or you could reinterpret it as they seeing the March as more important than earning millions of dollars playing football, which if you take a step back is eye opening and inspiring and even added more weight to the cause. That is how I took it anyway. That's coming in from, from the big Tabowski. And I, uh, I, I agree with what the big Tabowski and Ryan, you were saying as well. And I have to imagine that when Kareem Jackson um, says even just a couple of days ago after he was diagnosed with COVID-19 when he said that he's still skeptical of training camp starting at the end of July um, I have to imagine he's not just talking about the two to three hours that players are on the football field I have to imagine he's thinking about the six days a week where for five straight months where they're all in the same building together they're in team rooms together they're in a uh, positional meetings together all inside because I have to imagine that that's what he's talking about because you're right but outside of the march yeah he's surrounded by tens of thousands of people but he's still outside and doctors are saying that outside is 19 times safer than being inside right now and while you're not wearing masks on uh, a football field they were wearing masks outside so I I'm sure that Kareem's talking about the entire process of football uh, not just the three hours on game day. Yeah, and, and that's fine. I mean, my opinion would be that uh, football players don't really have to worry about, you know, uh, the risks of getting this and, and, uh, and getting very sick from this. But, you know, I, I think it's, a, it's understandable why people um, are at least a little bit hesitant. And I would agree with Kareem if he were to say that, uh, you know, uh, fighting for social justice is a lot more important than football. Yeah. And, and uh, so that, that's how I would answer it is, uh, is everything I said. And that, that may be Kareem's message. And, and like the big Tabowski said, that's, that's pretty powerful. For sure. World to suck. Zach and Ryan mentioned earlier this week that the Broncos should try taking advantage of their youth and altitude by employing a hurry up offense in week one. 
Well, Drew Locke is certainly familiar with the fast-paced offense. Josh Heupel was his coach at Missouri for his junior season, and Heupel runs as fast as an offense as anyone. Our guy Mace would be well acquainted with, the, with, uh, with that as Heupel led my UCF Knights to a 2-0 record against the USF Bulls with a combined score of 72-17. to And, of course, Mace comes in and asks, <laughs> why do you have to twist the knife? Uh, yikes, 72-17. to 17. That is brutal. Um, that's like, what, 36-8 to eight each game? I mean, we're talking about Super Bowl 48 twice. Yeah, it sounds like uh, much of the last few years of CU-CSU in terms of in-state rivalries. <laughs> there you go. Of course, you're going to equate it to that. Um, yeah, who couldn't run a hurry-up on this offense? I, I can't point to anyone. No, and that's the advantage of having some very athletic offensive linemen. Um, obviously, all the skill position players would be happy with it. Drew Locke is, is built for it, so I think it sounds great. Next one's from Tebow over Brady. What's up, guys? The Draft Dudes podcast has been going through NFL teams and picking five players they would make eligible if an expansion draft were to happen. I thought it was a cool idea and wanted to hear what your answers would be for the Broncos. The main criteria were the players couldn't be entering unrestricted free agency in 2021, no kickers or punters, and nobody coming off IR. Can't wait to hear which players you come up with. So we have to make five players available, Zach, for an expansion team to take off the roster. This this seems pretty easy i mean i would think right don't you just go to backups who still have another year on their contract yeah so you'd make like a isaac yadam available let's see he's going into his third year so yeah he should have one more year so yep yep isaac yadam is one you feel good about that josie jewel josie jewel exactly um boy they they like Trey Marshall, so maybe you're keeping keeping on. Who him. else is from that draft class? <laughs> um, oh, Deshaun Hamilton. Yep, yep. You're putting him available. Um, is uh, gosh, you. Is there any offensive lineman that's a Royce Freeman? <laughs> yes, Royce Freeman. <laughs> is that four? Yeah, I'm just giving away that whole draft class. Are you you comfortable throwing Jeff Driscoll out there? Um, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> all right, that was easy. <laughs> and Ryan, how bad do you feel if an expansion team takes all five of them? I feel bad for the expansion team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, you're keeping them all. Yeah, you know um, – a football expansion draft would be very interesting because like hockey teams don't have that many players. So most of the players who are playing are pretty darn good. Right. And there's a reason why the golden Knights had an expansion draft and then went and made it to the Stanley cup finals because there's so many good, like they basically just got a whole roster of like 75 overalls and they had no like 59 overalls. It was just like a bunch of, decent players or like a average a little above average players and they went four lines deep um football is different than that you know every team has a has multiple guys in the 60s on their team yeah yeah and the the interesting thing here is i don't think you'd find it with the broncos i don't think they would put a von miller out there uh, to take the salary off but a team may be able to get good players by taking guys 
where teams don't want that player's salary. And in fact, they're looking to trade them just to dump the salary. Those guys may be available and you may be getting those guys, but you'd have to pay them a lot of money too. Right. The teams who are picking up those guys would have to pick very carefully. Right. Exactly. So that's how they could get talent. But I don't think, I don't think it happened on the Broncos. I mean, a candidate for that would be Von Miller. And I don't think the Broncos would just give him away this season. Yep. I agree. Next one coming in from triad Bronco. Hey y'all when in public, is it okay to crack your knuckles, but never to knuckle your crack? I'll see myself out. God bless. Yes, I guess. <laughs> knuckle your crack. Give it a little like knuckle. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, I've never heard that term before. Have you? I have not. No. <laughs> but I would advise just you know going to the restroom, <laughs> getting a stall. Yeah, you know, see see what's going on. <laughs> I I hope there's some clothing in between your knuckle and your crack there. Well, shout out to uh, the commenter there for bringing back Bum Talk Friday. <laughs> oh, and this is, a, uh, this is a special Bum Talk Friday, Ryan. Mace is out there in Wisconsin today. He said he was going to eat some squeaky cheese curds. So I said today we'd make a special edition of Squeaky Bum Talk Friday. Squeaky you think, Bum Talk Friday. You think knuckling your crack is squeaky at all? <laughs> it could be and you know what would help it squeak a little bit oh, what if there was no hair there uh, because you use manscaped <laughs> wow beautiful yeah there you go so you know and, and maybe if you need to as the commenter said knuckle your crack uh maybe that's because you know you just got too much hair down there and you need to need to get the manscaped out use the code dnvr20 for 20 percent off your entire order from there and you know what else will help you with uh whatever's going on down there the crop preserver i'm telling you you gotta just lather up the crop preserver in just all the areas down there and uh, you won't be disappointed and let's say you're knuckling your crack and you're like, I don't have any money to buy these products to make sure that I'm not squeaky when I knuckle my crack. Well, I have a place <laughs> where you can make money and that is DraftKings. And guys, we've talked about the NFL so much and you don't have to wait for those props to come true. You can hit up DraftKings Sportsbook right now this weekend and win some money on golf because there's another full weekend of golf ahead of us. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash winnings don't have to be. And guys, this weekend, DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. And guys, in case you missed golf last week, you can get on it, get in on it this week. And DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to be. Not only do they have props for the entire tournament, they have player props, day-by-day -day action, and hole-by-hole -hole live betting, which is awesome, by the way. So make sure you check them out all of this weekend to see all of the, the great props and hole-by-hole -hole live betting they have. And DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And don't miss out on the promotions they have this weekend. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. And for a limited time, all new users can sign up can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. So don't forget, 
Enter code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And one, one thing uh, you should be doing is listening to DNVR Bets Daily, where right now you can listen and do the opposite of anything I say and make <laughs> money off of that. I'm on the cold streak of a lifetime right now, Zach, uh, and people are profiting off of that, just fading whatever I say. I just never thought that you would tell people to bet against you. I never thought you, you would be that person. Oh, I, I need that to happen. Like, I need the world to be against me and maybe change the juju around a little bit. <laughs> so does this, does this happen with you as well? Do you say one thing and you're betting on against what you say? No, all that matters is where I put my money. The opposite will happen <laughs> oh, as to boy. where I put my money. Oh, boy. I feel bad for your wallet right now. Yeah, it's taking a hit. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, these things happen. You know, sometimes, you go, sometimes you're the heater. And uh, some, what is it? Sometimes, sometimes you get the bowl. Sometimes the bowl gets you. Is that the phrase? I'm, yeah, I'm blanking yeah, on the phrase. Yeah, I only know the first half of it because I, I've never experienced the other half. Oh, okay. I see. Right. I see. Right. <laughs> uh. So, anyways, yeah. Um. Pray for me. That's all I'm asking. And <laughs> I, also, I, fade I think, while you're at it. I think this weekend you'll be good, Ryan. Well, hopefully, hopefully, that's all I can say. Uh. Okay, next one here comes in from Dan Burke. So Jamal Adams wants to be traded. Considering that the Broncos have so much money tied in their secondary, it's probably not happening, but hear me out. The only way I could ever see it happening is to include Justin Simmons as part of a trade package. Now, I know they play different positions, and the free safety depth behind Simmons is not good. But if they're planning on paying Simmons, they could justify using that money on Adams. I'm assuming they would have to throw in a pick with Simmons to make this work. Let's say a second plus Simmons for Adams. Worth noting that the Bears, and by extension Vic, were extremely interested in Adams in 2017, to the point where Adams was convinced they were going to take him at number three overall. I personally think Simmons is too valuable off the field to part ways with, but if the Broncos really wanted Adams, that's probably what they'd have to do. What do you think? It's fascinating, because obviously you'd have to pay uh, Adams in order to get him uh, and continue to pay him big money, and the Jets don't want to let him go, so they want to keep a good safety in town but it's it's just not going to happen because adam schefter tweeted out the teams in which jamal adams would welcome a trade and there's seven of them the broncos aren't any of them and you don't want a guy that doesn't want to be there especially a guy like this so uh you you don't do it but it is interesting would you trade justin simmons in a second for jamal adams ryan uh, no, what I would be interested in is having Jamal Adams and Justin Simmons together. If I can make that happen, well then, yeah, I'm interested. And so I'd be willing to trade other assets to make that happen. Probably include Kareem Jackson in the trade instead of Justin Simmons. Now that means you're going to have to give up more, um, Kareem Jackson and a first for Jamal Adams. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm interested. Uh, I'd like to take that that safety duo and just absolutely just wreck the league with them man especially coupled with everything the Broncos have especially because the Broncos hope that they're not in the top 10 the top 15 they're hope they're picking right around 20 or somewhere in the 20s you you do that in a heartbeat and 
Also, the money, at least for this year, doesn't change that much because Jamal or because you're paying Kareem Jackson a lot of money. Man, that that would be so tempting. But then you would have the highest paid safety duo in the league for probably the next five years, assuming you also lock up Justin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd be paying a lot, a lot of money to them. But, you know, I, I realize the Broncos aren't in that running right now. What if they hold on to him and it's the trade deadline comes around and the Broncos are, you know, when is the trade deadline? What week? Um, week eight, I believe. Yeah, right in that. So the Broncos are seven and one. <laughs> and now does Jamal Adams want to come? Because I think he might be more interested. Right. I mean, he has the Chiefs on his list of the seven teams he'd want to be traded to. What if the Chiefs are six and two and the Broncos are seven and one? That may change things. And he's also looking at joining a Vic Fangio defense that would be elite at that point. My question is, is it about the money for him or is it about being on a good team? Because if it's about the money, then he cannot have the Chiefs on his list. Right. Well, all of these teams are very good. He has the Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, your Eagles, 49ers, and Seahawks. So it seems like it's about money or, or it's about winning. And like you said, if the Broncos are seven and one, well, they're winning. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what I'd be more interested in. I'm down for Adams and Simmons. Um, those two guys would just, I mean, they'd be the best. You think so the Jets? The best of all time. You think the Jets would take that deal? I think so, yeah. A first in Kareem? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to get a first back, they're probably starting to ask for more, but there's plenty of time for that price tag to come down. What I was going to say, yeah, is it sounds like it might be low, a little on the low side now. Just wait until you see what they end up trading him for. Right. Every, after he's traded, every single team in the league is going to say, well, we could have made that trade. <laughs> All right. Well, and you can look back to the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Wasn't that just Minka for a first straight up? Yeah. Yeah. And even that, you know, a lot of people thought uh, the Steelers overpaid. Right. Right. I don't think uh, people would be saying the Broncos overpaid if they gave up Kareem in a first. No, but I think it's going to end up being like a second and a third that right. Jamal Adams gets traded for. Right. Very well. I mean, now that it's very, very public. Next one coming in from the Big Tabowski. Here's a fun Friday question. To settle a debate me and my Chargers buddy are having at the moment, we very rarely disagree on our assessments, but this one we just aren't budging on. The question is, who do you think had a higher peak, Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt? He says 2018 Donald and is unmoved on it, refuses to budge, and I think he is forgetting just how utterly incredible J.J. Watt was for three or four seasons, 2012 to 2015, I think. He was incredible, probably still the best player I have seen play live. Also, the only player I have ever heard Bill Belichick say is comparable to LT is Watt. So, which do you think was better? Slightly different players, yes, and Watt does line up more on the edge than Donald does, but similar styles, pass rush moves, and body type. I still say Von Miller is a better player than both. Wow. Uh, as he can cover two, but all three are left are LT shadows as the greatest defensive player of all time. Peace out and love to all the big T. Uh, okay. First of all, no on Von Miller. Um, doesn't, uh, doesn't JJ Watt have three defensive player of the years and an MVP? Yeah. He's got the three def defensive player of the years. I think he might have actually won MVP one year. Wow. I know they were at least trying to get him MVP by throwing him in the backfield and having him score a couple touchdowns. Okay, here we go. 
J.J. Watt's MVP snub ah. proves offense reigns supreme in NFL. <laughs> yep, there we go. I mean, so it was got, an MVP so he season. Got, yeah, he got 13 out of 50 votes uh, that year to be MVP. So, wow. But in the end, he does have um, three NFL Defensive Players of the Year, 2012, 2014, 2015. He dominated the league for those years. Um, and Aaron Donald really only dominated the league for one year. Now, he is extremely disruptive. And uh, if, I'm at, if you're asking me which player I'd rather have on my team, I might actually end up taking Donald. Right. But who had the higher peak? It's J.J. Watt. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, what Aaron Donald did for one season was absolutely incredible. There's no question about it. Oh, Ryan. J.J. Watt did that for three seasons. I mean, insane. And uh, Von Miller, incredible. Hall of Fame player, like we've said. His best season ever, 18 and a half sacks. And that, that was incredible. Absolutely incredible. If he does that, uh, he's only getting praise. He's in Defensive Player of the Year conversation, without a doubt. Aaron Don- or, or J.J. Watt had 17 and a half sacks in one year where he won Defensive MVP. And then he had two years of 20 and a half sacks 20 and a half sacks he had two Aaron Donald seasons and pretty much a Von Miller season so yeah I got it and especially in a four-year span that is insane so I I gotta go with J.J. Watt yeah yeah I, I think that one's pretty easy um but again if you're asking me I'm getting one player in their peak to start my team I'll probably take Aaron Donald well it's it's more valuable um, the interior pass rush like that, that's, it's harder to find. It's as crazy as it is to say, it's easier to find J.J. Watts and Von Millers of the world than it is the Aaron Donalds. Exactly. Next one's from LDJ. Hey, guys. Hey, Ryan. I'm asking from yesterday, but you aren't here. What has your experience been with K.J. in your Madden League? Madden thinks very highly of K.J. because no matter what the 2020 draft class roster I download for the four different Madden Leagues I'm in, but where they place him, once you develop him into an X-factor, he's unstoppable. He's, he has a Moss trait. He has like 97 speed, and his catch in traffic is insane. He's been the best receiver in the rookie class for me on Madden. What's your experience, Ben? Yeah, uh, KJ leads my team in receiving. Um, he That's saying is, a lot because you have Visca. Yeah, I do have Visca. <laughs> Uh, and Deshaun Jackson, you know, I had to bring in Deshaun Jackson to help develop KJ oh into goodness. what he wants to be. Um, no, I actually already had Deshaun Jackson, but um, KJ has been awesome. He's so fast. And yeah, he makes like a lot of these like spectacular catches that I don't expect him to make. I'm like, what, what's going on here? I haven't, I haven't unlocked his, uh, his hidden dev trait yet. So we'll see where he comes up on that. And Hopefully, uh, like LGJ, LDJ says, once I get that going, he's unstoppable because he seems like he is on the path to be unstoppable. But he's only like 76 overall for me right now. So, Does he uh, have high 90s speed? Yeah, yeah, 96 speed, I think, 95 acceleration. It's, it's over then. And, and Madden, if you're above 95, it's, it's done. No wonder he's your top leading receiver. Yeah, he's pretty great. Uh, LDJ goes on, also based on analytics, Jerry Judy got the most separation from defenders in college football last year. The only person who came close to Judy was K.J. Hamler. Hmm. 
Wonder if Elway likes Drew. They're going to be open, so it's up to you, to you, Drew, to make the necessary throws, bro. I know Peyton had a talk with the rookies. I was wondering. We had the best offense of all time. Imagine what Peyton could do with this 2020 Broncos roster. Yeesh. Have a good fellow. Have a good weekend, fellas. <laughs> well, we kind of talked about this earlier in the week of who would you take the Broncos receiving core now or the Broncos receiving core? I believe in 2013 was was the year we used. And didn't we say that you're probably using uh, 2013? Well, it was for like this was, year. Yeah, it was dependent on your window. Um, so it, my thing is if it was 2012 and I knew I had four years of Peyton Manning, give me this year's roster. If you just get one year, I'll probably take the known commodities in Welker, uh, DT, uh, and Eric Decker. But man, if this, if this offense and these guys evolve, like we believe they should, could you imagine what Peyton would be able to do with them? And maybe what Drew Locke can do with them. Uh, it's It could be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, could, it could very much go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, which I just thought, or even earlier this offseason, I thought was crazy to say. For real. If, From Ethan Rozier. Hey, guys. After hearing about the Cream, ja- uh, Cream Jackson and other players, how important do you think having depth in all positions, especially for the Broncos, is? Do you think that teams like the Chiefs or others who are mostly top-heavy, not having a lot of depth, will struggle more if their top players have to be gone for two weeks because of COVID? Thanks, and go DNVR. It's an interesting question, and I really have no idea. But, yeah, I mean, you would think that depth would be at a premium this year because, uh, uh, you know, you, you, there's no way of predicting who might be gone and who, who might be around. So uh, I would say that, yes – the answer is, you know, the, the teams with the most depth, at least if players start contracting it, uh, are going to be at an advantage. How's the Broncos' depth, Ryan? Uh, not great. Not great, Bob. Right, right. And really, I mean, the, the one position it may come down to is, one, does your quarterback get COVID and how much time do they miss? And two, how good is your backup? Uh, the Chiefs made it by last year when they didn't have Patrick Mahomes. Um the Broncos won a game with Brandon Allen um, and just can your backup, can Jeff Driscoll come in and let's say touch wood, Drew Locke misses two games. Can he go one and one? So like if you're the Kansas city chiefs, aren't you like building a bubble on the facility for Patrick Mahomes and just like, you know, trying to take out as much risk as you possibly can. You're, you're having all of the other quarterbacks, um, stay all the way across the room from him in meetings. Um, you're having him like walkie-talkie into the huddle in practice. I'm, you're laughing, and I get why, but I would be doing this. I would literally have Patrick Mahomes exist in a bubble except for on Sundays. Yeah, well, and er- earlier this week, Mace said that Bruce Arians said that he may have one of his quarterbacks – just in a separate room from everyone all the time, just in case COVID gets in to his quarterback room that they have one quarterback safe. And with this designated conversation. Designated survivor. <laughs> right, right. But wouldn't you have your designated survivor be the best one? Wouldn't you have that be Tom Brady? Wouldn't you have that be Patrick Mahomes? Wouldn't you have that be Drew Locke? Yeah, obviously. I mean, 
I would, yeah, exactly. De if anyone knows what a designated survivor is, it's like when there's a big political meeting, you have to leave someone in a safe space just in case the worst happens. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would, I, I would, there's no way I could be too careful with my quarterback. I would do the silliest stuff just to make sure my quarterback was safe. Um, the, you know, that's the one player that would affect every single team, no matter what, no team can really sustain losing their starting quarterback. You know, I guess the saints last year were able to pull it off, but I mean, I would, I would buy a bubble and put them inside of it and make them roll around uh, in their little bubble <laughs> around the facility. I'm not even joking. I mean, how demoralizing would it be for the Broncos sitting at three and three, um, you have, have a chance to be a winning team, get some momentum and touch them wood. They lose Drew Locke and they go 0-2 in the next two games, then get him back. And yeah, there's a little bit of hope, but I mean, it all life would be sucked out now that you're three and five instead of four and four or five and three. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you would hope that Jeff Driscoll could go one and one, maybe with some option type stuff to running backs and get creative, like I would say, but you just you can't afford it. And and the thing is, like, this is weird. It's not about whether your quarterback gets sick. It's just, you know, if they test positive, they're out. Right. So, you know, I was mentioning earlier, I think, you know, I'll touch wood, but any of these guys are going to be okay if they get it. The problem is they test positive. They're out two weeks, non-negotiable. Right. And you can't have a Jordan flu or a food poisoning game. Right. So you're just, you're just SOL. Um, and that's why I would say like, no one is coming near my quarterback. Like, Again, if if I'm the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, and and you might as well just do this if you're any team, I'm I'm isolating everyone. Like his girlfriend isn't allowed to go to the store. I, I'm I'm <laughs> he, I'm not kidding. Like it's yeah, just no, not, seriously. It's not uh, it's not allowed. Yeah. Um, I I build them a bubble on team uh, team facility and say you live here now. And anyone, if you need anything, it will be brought to you. Yeah, ser seriously. And, and that, you know, Sean Payton and a couple of coaches have come out this past week and said what the NFL's rules are for when players come back is impossible to follow. Well, if you follow them to a T and maybe you actually go overboard with the NFL's rules, it's honestly not just to protect the, the safety and health of the players, but it's to protect that you as a coaching staff are able to have your best guys out there so that people don't have to be uh, put on the shelf for two weeks. Yeah, and, you know, the, the Broncos, I'll touch wood again, have a little bit of an inherent advantage along with some other places in that Colorado is doing a really good job of this, which helps them. You know, some of the other, uh, other teams in other states are going to have to be even more careful with their players going to the store and doing, you know, daily tasks uh, because, again, it's not about whether they're going to be sick or not. Obviously you, you care about these players. You want them to be healthy and you, you hope that no one gets a, you know, a bad run of it, but they come in contact with it. They might not even know it. They test positive and they're, it's, you know, you don't get to like demand a recount or something like it's just, it's, that's it. They're, they're out. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Next one coming in from thick Fangio. Happy bum talk Friday and happy father's day to Mace. Hope you have an awesome, encouraging weekend with your daughter. Um, as for the rest of you, 
maybe one day I'll wish the same for you. But for now, I just hope you have a regular encouraging weekend. No question today, just a reminder that vinegar-based salt sauce is not real barbecue sauce, and we should sign Corey Robinson as wide receiver four. Well, it's a good thing Mace isn't here. <laughs> yes, he would not be having a, a good Friday there. Uh, f- from the other Ryan, my folk. Foxy boys, happy, feel good, fired up, bum talk Friday. Peyton Manning is the gift that keeps on giving. I love that he met with all the Broncos rookies this week via Zoom to discuss the adjustment and the commitment needed to make it in the NFL. Zach, can you say this in John Gruden's voice, please? Listen, man, the sheriff is just a good dude, man. (laughs) Pretty good. On the spot, too. The Broncos organization and their fans are incredibly fortunate that PFN decided to sign with Denver in 2012 and that he has remained engaged with the Broncos since his retirement. I particularly like what Lloyd Cushenberry said about Manning's remarks, specifically that Manning really stressed the rookies the importance of practice and how he took every practice seriously every single day, as seriously as an actual game. If this talented group of rookies can be as dedicated as Manning, then the future will be bright indeed. Manning epitomizes what the Roman philosopher Seneca once said. Luck or success is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Sadly or thankfully, the awkward promos involving a particular product being gifted for the, <laughs> for the occasion ends today. LOL, what are you actually planning to give your dads for Father's Day? If you don't want to spoil the surprise, you can share on Monday's podcast instead. Have a wonderful weekend, fellas. DNV Army salute. Uh, lo- love the question, the other, Ryan. And Ryan, I was on a uh, radio hit this morning uh, taking a, to, to represent the AFC West, looking around the AFC West, and it was a hit out in Ohio. And they asked me probably five or six questions. Remember, this wasn't just about the Broncos. This was about the entire AFC West. And one of their questions was what is Peyton Manning going to do? He has all of these opportunities thrown his way. What's he going to do? And that just showed me, holy cow. I mean, we're not, we're not just talking about him because he's Peyton in Denver and he's around the Broncos all the time. This is a question that the people around the country are dying to know. And this is four years after he retired. And so my answer was, well, you can't ignore the fact that he's been around the Broncos and, and kept in such good contact with the Broncos. Talked with Drew Locke this offseason. Uh, was at training camp multiple times last year. Just talked to the Broncos rookies this year. A lot of times when he does national hits, he goes down to the Broncos to record them. How can you not at least think some dots are being connected for him to lead a group to buy the Broncos one day? And what did they say? They said, makes a lot of sense. Oh, man, because I was on a, a radio hit in Kansas City, and I said something similar, <laughs> and they were, like, blown away. Really? Like, the thought had never crossed their mind, <laughs> and their minds just started racing, and they were like, oh, my God, we had never thought of this. So uh, They couldn't have liked that. Yeah, I'm sure not. I'm sure not. I mean, honestly, Chiefs fans live in fear of every single thing that the Broncos do. <laughs> um, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if you did this to your family, but when I was a kid, like I just, no matter what, what was going on, I always hid behind the next wall and anytime <laughs> someone came, I just popped out. Like, oh like my gosh. anytime anyone was walking around the house, I was around them. So they had to just be on high alert anytime oh they came around gosh. any corner that I was going to pop out and scare them. And I feel like uh, that that's how the chiefs live their life. 
They live their <laughs> Chiefs fans live their lives waiting for the Broncos to pop out behind the next corner and scare them. <laughs> so, so your whole family has high blood pressure, thanks to you. <laughs> Literally, it, it came to a screeching halt, my antics. Oh, no. My mom, my mom, like, lost her mind on me. <laughs> and it was literally like, you are going to give me a heart attack and kill me. Oh, my I gosh. Like, I was like, okay, I'll stop. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, I guess you were good at it. Oh, yeah, I was great. Just like the Broncos. Every time the Chiefs think they're, you know, out of the woods, the Broncos pop out from behind the corner and scare them. And maybe one day the Broncos will give them a heart attack and kill them. Um, But, yeah, so I think that any time the Chiefs – like, you didn't see this probably on social media, but, oh, my God, when when Jerry Judy fell to 15, you know Chiefs fans were like, are you kidding me? How do they let this happen? Yeah. Um, and if Peyton Manning becomes the owner of the Broncos, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to be like, oh, my God, what is he going to do with them? So, yeah, um, yeah you know, uh, if you're a forgiving person, just say a little prayer for a Chiefs fan because they're, <laughs> they're scared that the Broncos are going to be around the next corner. And you do what your, your opposition doesn't want you to do. And that's why, man, Peyton should be, Peyton should be the guy. Oh, yeah. No one in the NFL wants Peyton no. running the Broncos. That scares them. No. And next also, one comes – oh, sorry. Real quick, like, when Peyton – if Peyton were to go into, like, these owners' meetings and stuff, like, he would dominate the room. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone would be looking at him. And he right. would be he, the least wealthy guy there. Right. But he would be the face of ownership in the NFL. Yeah. He would. No, boy, Roger Goodell in the NFL would love it too. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Next one coming in from TK Freeze. My boys, I was out of town this weekend, so yesterday I binged every single pod from the week on the road trip home. It made the flight, the trip fly by so, so thank you. First, mustard is amazing. All mustard. It makes most things better. Sandwiches, burgers, etc. Second, Zach. Mr. Consistent, the guy with the perfect laugh, open your eyes. You say Tom Brady is the goat with so much confidence in your voice, and I think you're amazing, but it pisses me off every time. Brady is the most overrated player in NFL history. I understand his great. I understand he's great, but people talk of him being the goat so easily. Belichick is the goat of that team. He made Brady. If you had a bunch of bums on a team and needed to win one game to save your life, who's your quarterback? Mr. Checkdown? No. It's so many others. Anyway, I won't go on anymore, but Brady is washed and the Bucs won't make the playoffs next year. They are looking at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. Sorry, Mace. Zach, you're better than this. You guys rock. Thanks for making my trip and life more enjoyable with the pod. Stay safe. All love. Ryan, who's the GOAT? I'm not as confident as you, um, but, you know, my tiebreaker is going to be championships. And so I come back to Tom Brady. Um, It's just these conversations are impossible to have. We don't really know who the GOAT is. Um, But people hate hate when you use championships as a tiebreaker. I just don't know what else you could possibly use. Um, Like, I'm on board with the people who say that, a championship is won by a team and a quarterback and a coach and all that. But Tom Brady hasn't had the best team around him every year. Um, He may have had the best coach and that is, that is to be seen. So if your take is that Bill Belichick is the goat and that Brady rode his coattails, that's, I think you can have that take. All I know is that I don't have a better tiebreaker than championships. And so I, I eventually have to land on Tom Brady. 
my life became a lot, a lot easier a couple of years ago when I just said, all right, Tom's a goat. And I had never said that before. I always had arguments against it for, for some of the reasons you're saying, TK Freeze. But I just, I couldn't argue against it anymore. Um, now, that doesn't mean that he is that guy that I want uh, for a season. Um, or how many championships would Peyton Manning have? If he was with uh, Bill Belichick, probably more than Tom Brady, to, to be honest, but it's, it wasn't how it went. So I'm just looking at what they've done uh, and what their career is. And now I think that Bill Belichick's also the GOAT. I think they had the two GOATs and that's how you get to be a dynasty for 20 years. But we'll see this year. I mean, you, you said that Belichick uh, doesn't necessarily need a good quarterback. Well, we'll find out this year. Because he, he has someone that I don't think a lot of people believe in. So we'll find out if, you know, the Patriots win the Super Bowl this year, then a lot more credit's going to go to Bill Belichick, rightfully so. If Tom Brady goes and wins a Super Bowl with the Bucks, then a lot more credit's going to go to Tom Brady. So that's why I love that we get this year and maybe even next year with Tom in Tampa Bay to, to figure this out. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it's too late now to really settle the debate. Um, because Tom is in a much better situation than Bill is. I'll say this, though. If Bill still has a better record than Tom this year, well, then the debate is, is over. Right. Yeah. Uh, but if, like, if, the, if the Patriots go 9-7 and seven or something and the Bucks go 11-4, and four, I'm not going to say, like, oh, the debate has been settled. Oh, definitely. I mean, 9-7 and seven from the Patriots. I, I would be very impressed. And it, it's going to be fun lo- looking at that. And – uh, Tom has a lot more to lose this year than Bill does. He certainly does. Yeah. He, I mean, the expectations are square on his back. Yeah. So, so. TK freeze may, I, might I suggest maybe for a month living with just, okay, Tom's a goat and, and move on. See, see if it, it seemed like you were stressed when you were writing that comment, maybe it'll bring that stress level down a little bit and that that'll help you going into this weekend. I'll say this, you know, you can make the case for Joe Montana. Um, and you, you can, like, I can say that if I was starting a team and I got any quarterback in their prime, I I would take Peyton Manning. I would would say that Peyton Manning, I would trust in my ability to put the team around Peyton Manning that wins a championship, uh, multiple championships. Um, so maybe that makes him the go. It, It really just matters what, what you determine, is the factor that determines who the goat is. And that's why these conversations are always kind of futile because there's no real way of, of saying it unless you just go to championships, which is kind of the be all end all. And if you do that, you end on top. And if someone said, okay, you get pick your owner, general manager, head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterback, um, you know, pick, pick your dream lineup. I may say, okay, I'm going okay. Pey- Peyton Manning, a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peyton Manning is offensive coordinator, <laughs> Peyton Manning is head coach, GM, and owner. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was just going to say that. But I was kind of hoping you didn't make that joke because I was going to steal it from you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Peyton Manning is the, the best football mind ever. And yep. that, um, that puts him in a category um, – that make like again if you had to choose you just take him because you just want you need that mind on your side I honestly don't even think Tom Brady's that smart of a person um he's just (laughs) he's just really good in the clutch 
Right. Yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's cool under pressure. And I mean, speaking of Peyton and just how he dominates everything, of course he talked to the rookies this weekend over zoom. Ryan, did you see who else he, he filmed a little video for this week? No, I didn't. About the most random place ever. The Denver zoo. He, he, he videoed a little promotion for them. <laughs> I mean, anyone's like, okay, we need to sell some Peyton. Uh, this is a zoo. Peyton, yes, no, go to Peyton. Um, you know, home loans, uh, go to Peyton. Anything, you just go to Peyton Manning. I, I just have to say, Denver Zoo, if your ad budget is this large, <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> hit us up, please. We, uh, we'll be able to deliver you guys some value. I, I did not expect the uh, Denver Zoo to have a multi-million dollar ad, buy, <laughs> ad budget. And it was for uh, promoting their two new little cubs. Maybe he did that for free just because he really likes animals. It, it could have been. Maybe he got like a season, season pass to the zoo for free or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he might run into Hank down there uh, <laughs> on a Zoom date. <laughs> and well i mean that 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 would be a good plus for hank if he can run into peyton with a girl yeah or i mean a tinder date yeah he needs he needs peyton to like come through for him and be like oh <laughs> <Right>. hank <laughs> what's up instead of like oh hey henry yeah or like uh <laughs> please get away from me <laughs> oh man all right well one thing we can never get away from is davidson's it's always there for us it's in centennial it's in highlands ranch They've got an incredible selection to get you set up for the weekend. We'd love for you to come down to the DNVR bar to watch the fights on Saturday. But, hey, if you can't make it down there, then or if you don't get in in time before it's all sold out, then just go down to Davidson's, grab yourself you know, a bottle of whiskey, head back, watch some fights, sip some whiskey, and, and have yourself a great evening. Uh, regardless, shout out to Davidson's. Make sure you check them out. And, uh, and they're locally owned. They mean a lot to us, so make sure that you support them if you have the chance. But for this week, that is going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Zach, it has been an absolute pleasure with these two throwback podcasts this week. That's, that was really fun. Uh, right. And so uh, I look forward to talking to you next week. Right back at you, Ryan. It's been awesome. All right. Talk to you guys later. Later.